재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. This is Korea Escape on TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul. We're joined once again by Seoul Global Center Communications Officer Michelle Kong for the latest and the last of the season edition of Did You Know? She schools us on all kinds of details of life in Korea, including the historical stuff. kind of bringing the historical details alive. She's here to do that now. Hi, Michelle. Good morning, Kurt. How are you doing? <laughs> Welcome um, back. <laughs> you were there for my, my little uh, brain fade just a moment ago. <laughs> so we are going to have a little excursion into royalty today. Yes. It's uh, something tourists experience every day. They, they rent their little hanbok and walk around the palaces to recreate uh, their favorite Korean drama. Mm-hmm. But uh, what would the nuts and bolts of daily life like for, say, a Joseon king? Kings, right? Imagine you're the king in this Joseon dynasty. Mm. You would think you are the most powerful figure, and you would think you would just do whatever you wanted. Oh, I know better than that. I've been hanging out with you too long. I know it's there's all kinds of intrigue, there's drama, there's... Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters that uh, <laughs> don't like you too much, that kind oh, of thing. Right, right. Um, lots of intriguing incidents, of course. Um, and many people would just simply think it's going to be a super cool job to be a king, but it was a really, really rough job, especially during the Joseon dynasty. Rough in what sense? I mean, it's not like they're out chopping wood and doing hard work. No, but lots of work. Mental work. Mental work, yeah. Um, First of all, the most famous king, King Sejong, he used to get up at 3 a.m. Why in God's name would you do that? (laughs) Well, he has a lot of work to do. I don't know. But he was one of the uh, early birds. Mm. But not only him, but most kings during the Joseon dynasty, um, they would wake up at four, between four and five a.m. with the bell ringing at dawn, which was called Paru. The bell was rung 33 times. I guess you'd have no choice but be up by the time the bell rings 33 times, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so is everybody else in town. Thanks a lot. Right. The the bell (laughs) was to just leave curfew. Um, And it rang again at 10 p.m. at night, signaling uh, the start of curfew with 28 tolls. Now, is there any significance to that number? I mean, could you not ring it, say, three times? <laughs> well, uh, when I learned about this Boshingak bell ringing ceremony, it rang, it's, it's rung like 33 times as well. There are lots of meanings and uh, theories, but it's really complicated. I don't know. It's uh, Maybe mm-hmm. it's like an alarm clock for everyone to make sure everyone is awake. <laughs> <laughs> this one is for the peasants. Bong. Right. <laughs> this one is for the wives. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... If the king's up, everybody's up. Sure. Right? Right. 3 a.m. <laughs> 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. How does that day flow go? Right. So the king wakes up and then he would just clear um, his throat to let the loyal servants know he's awake. Uh, some retainers would stay all night outside his bedroom. And then when they notice the king is up, they prepare for food, clothes, and then a wash basin. Mm. Then the king, the first thing he does, the king would grab a bite first. Not a being meal, though. Um, it's just a what are we talking about here? small bowl of porridge. Porridge, mm-hmm. ju- rice. Right, to just appease his hunger. And then he gets dressed and then leaves his bedroom to see his um, mother or grandmother at a separate residence for morning greetings. She's up too? 
she, of course, everybody's <laughs> 33 times <laughs> the bill. <laughs> I, I would think, okay. So she's like a family elder. Sure. She, you know, by the time he gets there, I suppose it's about four in the morning, right? Mm-hmm, right, four or five. Right. Uh, so before he actually starts his um, official schedule, King is in clad in former attire called Gollyongpo, um, the red royal robe. Probably mm. you've seen this. You know where I've seen it is at uh, Incheon Airport. They have like a King Sejong walking around. Okay. And uh, his queen was, I can't remember the name, but... Uh, but anyway, there's a mm-hmm. king and queen who is either King Sejong or is meant to be exactly like this. Okay. You know, big All right. tall black hat. Right. Right. Mm. And the royal robes. Okay. So the royal robe and a black hat called Iksangwan. This is the former uh, attire. And the robe is embroidered with dragons. Yes. Uh, the king wore the red Kolyongpo with five clawed dragon. And if it was crown prince, um, the black one with four clawed dragon. One less claw. You're not king yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Okay. Right. Uh, and when there's an important ceremony, more accessories would have added to this outfit. So uh, the robe itself was really heavy, so it felt really uncomfortable, but there's no way you can ex- actually escape from this um, heavy outfits, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, he's got uh, the clawed dragon, the most claws of anybody in the royal court. Uh, Dragons, just in East Asia overall, Mm -hmm. China and so forth, always have been sort of the auspicious symbol. Right. The symbol of, I guess, the mandate of heaven or whatever you want to say. Sure, that's right. So, like you said, it symbolizes auspicious powers or authority to the king. So, the king's attire was adorned with dragon patterns. Interestingly, Kurt, um, there was a custom of referring to the king's body parts with some beautified honorific names okay uh, and then many of them were related to dragons so first of all king's face uh, in the modern korean it's algul but it was called yong an dragon face okay <laughs> and the king's seat uh, or the royal throne was called yong sang or dragon throne sure and yong ru was dragon's tear. So what does that refer to on the king? His tears? Tears. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yongpo is king's ceremonial former dress. And uh, some other court terms uh, were Oksu, which is king's hand. Ok means jade. Uh-huh. And Pisu. Pi literally means nose. Su is water. So nose water. Snot. So when the king has a runny nose, it's Pisu. Pisu. Alright. Mm-hmm. Not Komul. <laughs> That's Pisu. Not Komul, of course. Of it's course. Pisu. You got Komul. The king has Pisu. Sure. All right. Uh, can you guess what Tongi means? Tongi. You know, don't put me in an awkward position. Yeah, here. okay. I will take this awkward <laughs> explanation. Uh, Tong means go through or ventilate. <laughs> Ki is chi or energy. The king doesn't do that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Uh, but there's a word, there's a term for this. Yeah. Uh, fart. Um, tongi or um, kings and then queens. Of course, they had to go to the bathroom. Mm. Uh, but there were public bathrooms for court servants and retainers at the palace, but kings used a portable toilet, which was a square wooden box. Was it like they carried it around just in case the king had a moment? Sure. I Nature calls, so uh, the servant would just bring it. Here's the toilet, right yeah. here, running alongside you. That's right. So uh, under the square wooden box, there's a copper chamber pot underneath. And the royal toilet was named apricot ball, or in Korean, 매화틀. 
So, Kurt, now you would guess what mehua or apricot means. Mehua. Mm-hmm. The king has to plant some mehua. Sure. <laughs> All right. All right. So, the apricots were sent to the royal clinic at the palace to just check on the health conditions of the king regularly. And uh, you say you don't like your job. You're uh-huh. the... Uh, the mehua checker for the king. Um, well, I suppose in, in Joseon era, that would be like a, an honor, you know? Sure. Um, you're the royal doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're <And> like... <laughs> is this like, is the mehua sort of examined every now and then? Or is it like every single mehua issuance? <laughs> Every single mehua issuance. Well, um, as far as I know, this was just sent to the royal clinic Every on batch. a regular basis. Oh, okay. Not not all like the once time. a week. Yeah. That's enough. Mm-hmm. Come on, right, <laughs> right. So uh, we just talked about this awkward thing, but now we have to move to uh, more pleasant things. Okay. Um, King has uh, King used to have a really long day, but uh, King is started. A day with just a bowl of porridge. Mm. But, you know, king should eat like a king. Right. Right. When does he start? Um, there were five um, meals. Whoa. Royal table was served five times a day with three light meals uh, scheduled after breakfast and dinner. So uh, one just uh, sort of restorative medicine porridge, rice porridge in the early morning, and then simple meal like a noodle soup uh, in the afternoon, and then some rice cake and other snack at night. So the official meals are breakfast and then dinner, breakfast at 10 a.m. and dinner at 5 p.m. So the food prepared for the king is called the sura, and the table uh, itself is called the sura-sang. Sura-sang. Is there anything that I should know about that word sura? Does that mean anything in particular? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a theory. It actually, this is, this word is from Mongolia, uh-huh. but um, w- if you are a fan of Korean dramas like Daejanggum or mm. Jewel in the Palace, mm-hmm. or if you um, went to Insanong, like one of those Korean cuisine restaurants, probably you've seen the surasang, lots of dishes on the table. So this is the, 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 is the um, king basically coming back to the palace, and they set this. I would imagine it's like a long banquet table right. type of deal, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But actually, three different tables at the same time. Three tables. Mm-hmm. Um, rice and soup. These. This is the basic of basic. But two kinds of steamed rice, uh, white rice and a red bean rice, and soups like seaweed soup or kumtang or mm. beef uh, bone soup, and three different kinds of kimchi, all different kinds of sauces, and then kalbi jim or, or braised beef ribs mm-hmm. or hot stew pot. This is the basic. Yeah. Uh, these basic that uh, was always placed on the table all the time. Besides these, the royal table sura was served with 12 dishes. From uh, fresh vegetables, steamed dishes, or fried items, more meat, more fish, or sometimes raw fish as These well. These are full-on dishes, not yes. what we would call panchan, little teeny ones. Uh, some uh, dishes are like cuisine cuisine, but some are like side dishes as okay. well. Um, and desserts, everything was um, served at the same time. And then there were court ladies called kungya. Usually three uh, were there to attend on the king. 
and there was so much food, imagine, on the table, three different tables. So when the king finished his meal, all his court ladies would share the leftovers. It's good to be a kungnyo, mm-hmm. I would think, or anybody <laughs> surrounding that ritual, because uh, the king's no way going to be able to uh, plow through all that food. No. So the um, the servants must eat really, really well after mm-hmm. the king gets up. Right. Oh, say, so kungnyo, the, the nyo part is woman, and then the ku... Kung is the palace. Palace, mm-hmm. palace ladies, literally. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they would what? They would, uh, he would say, I'd like more of that fish, and they'd dish it on the plate? Um, yeah, basically they do that, but they have a lot of uh, more work to do. Uh, they were in charge of the domestic functions of the royal court. They prepared food, or um, they handled the dining ware. They make beds and then a cloth, and then they rear children as well, and other miscellaneous um, chores they sort did. Sort of the Downton Abbey of the Joseon dynasty, <laughs> the bottom floor. Mm-hmm, that's okay. right. So at the age of four or five, all these young female apprentices were selected from all across the country for training to become a kungyo. And it usually took 15 years before the apprentices were given the position of court lady. It's a long time. That is a lot of training. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and then highest honor among court ladies was to be chosen as the test Tester? Taste the, tester. The, sure, the, the court taster, you mm-hmm. know, the one that checks for poison. Yeah, that's right. That's why all these um, utensils are silver, silverware. Ah. Because uh, a silver touches like the poisonous chemical or substance, it tarnishes. It'll discolor? Yes. Uh, I didn't know mm. that. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, um, she's testing each mm-hmm. each item and then saying it's okay. And she, I mean, it's it's a poison thing, but if the food's a bit off too, she can point yeah, that out. Yeah, right. right? Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like a good job until it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, it's probably a good job. Mm-hmm. So, we've got our meals. The king has been up since 3 a.m. When does the work start? Uh... The first official affairs to do is a morning assembly. Uh, court retainers pay respect to the king at the palace. There were formal and informal assemblies. Uh, if it was a formal one, there uh, were four times a month. Mm. Uh, if it was an official formal assembly, all officials in the capital should have attended. Okay. Just imagine if you were in Gyeongbokgung Palace or Toksukung Palace, mm. uh, the main throne hall. That's on the center of a large paved stone um, courtyard. And then you've probably have seen this rank stones. Mm. Uh, stones that indicate the rank of each official. Okay. So um, for this morning assembly, every um, attainer, I mean, retainer had to stand in front of their um, pungesak or stone pillar, mm. post stone. Uh, and then they uh, bowed to the king four times. That was the official ceremony. And then, then um, the king would just start his uh, uh, national affairs with yeah, the officials. Yeah, so this is their chance to report on, you know, in my part of the kingdom, this and that is going on. Mm-hmm. And we have to take care of this problem kind right, of thing. Right, right. So mm-hmm. officials would report all these pending issues and then they would discuss and then the king would approve. So the king would approve the documents using a seal. We just talked about the seal sure. uh, and then or signature. Sometimes if he's too busy, uh, too many documents, he would have someone else to just, just uh, scribble it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Kind of the royal equivalent of like a President Moon Secretary's meeting back yeah, in the day. Let's right. take care of national business here and uh, work it out. Mm-hmm. And then the court officials are dismissed 
and uh, somewhere in there are the two meals. And then what? Uh, right. After a very quick um, lunch or uh, just a snack. Or noodles or something. Noodles, right? Yeah. Um, what the king would do next is study. Um, king goes to Sajongjan. It's where the king um, met with his advisors. Um, at this hall, he studied the Confucian um, scriptures mm. and discussed state uh, affairs. This system was designed to keep the king from being the sole power, from uh, just from running the state affairs as he pleased. I see. So uh, only notable scholars and high-ranking officials could partake in this small group meeting. Um, king had to study three times a day, actually, in the morning, afternoon, at night. And it, uh, I guess you, what you're saying is that when he made decisions, he would. it was kind of expected that he'd have a scriptural basis for what he's doing. Right. A Confucian precedent. Uh-huh. And then uh, after they studied together in this group, uh, whenever there's some issue, they could discuss as if it was like an open forum. Mm. Um, so it was just a place for free exchange of ideas and information. They discussed and came up with some solutions to address some problems. So there's a bit of, even though it's an autocratic system, there's a bit of DNA there for a democratic Demo- society, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, you know, right. discussions and uh, scriptural basis and love of education and uh-huh, learning. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. so there's the studying, there's the eating and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What other kinds of stuff does uh, the king have on his plate in terms of workload? Okay, so after he studied, um, uh, king spent time greeting guests, including delegates from other countries or officials from local governments. And the king also checked on nighttime guards. And it was the king who gave this password for the night guards each night. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then it would be uh, around 5 p.m. Then he had his sura again. And he would visit the residence for his grandmother or mother or other elders of the royal family again. They talked about uh, what had happened uh, on that day. And then they would say goodbye to each other. So this king who wakes mm-hmm. up at three in the morning, what time does he kind of knock off for the day? <laughs> uh, kings had a really, really hectic schedules. They stayed in the court, literally. Uh, but whenever they had some time, free time, they would just come outside of the court. They enjoy some outdoor activities like horse riding or mm-hmm. archery. And then there was this sport called kyokku, which is a Korean style polo. On horses? Uh-huh. Sounds very similar to polo. Yeah, right. They knock uh, the the, like the wooden, ball around with mm-hmm, a mallet. Mm-hmm, right. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know the game of tuho. Is that where you throw the little sticks in the? Uh, that's right, little arrows, right, yeah. mm-hmm, into the cylinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, the king, would enjoy this game with the royal family. Sometimes mm-hmm. he threw parties for his officials as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and in that context, um, I mean, does the king ever take time off? Um, literally, no vacation for kings. Right. Mm-hmm. No Although official he could vacation. kind of change his day if he needed to, if he got <laughs> sick. Or, I mean, but uh, didn't he just say, listen, I need three days to unplug. I've been kinging a little bit too much lately, and I need to uh, you know, go out to the country for a few days. He could do that, right? Well, well I think... He could do that, but according to all these documents, there was no official vacation for kings. Mm. Um, he, if 
you are a king, you could just observe some holidays, national holidays. And then when there uh, was a high-ranking official passed away, mm. then maybe he could just take a few days off. I see. A mourning period. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of this chronic overwork, Joseon kings suffered from lots of diseases and then short lives. Uh, especially King Sejong, he loved meat. But he just steady studied and then he didn't have um, time to maybe go out for exercise. So he had, um, I don't know, he had a lot of diseases. Mm. Even um, he had some problems with his eyes. He really? was almost blind when he invented the uh, Hangul. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the average life um, span was 46 years. Whoa. Uh, so out of 27 kings, only 11. I'm not, I mean, 11 didn't make it until um, they became 40. That's incredibly young. Mm-hmm. That is incredibly young. All right, so let's say the schedule is over. At the end of the day, he's done his, uh, his greetings of dignitaries and all that stuff, his studying. Does he just go back and plop into bed or what? Um, usually they read books or public appeals, uh, civil complaints raised by the people from all across the country. I don't, I don't think they would love to do this, but I think it was their um, duties. Mm. They um, read all these uh, appeals and then uh, maybe they usually slept at midnight, but they would sleep in their own bedroom or sometimes they would just go to, of course, queens or royal concubines' bedrooms. Okay, it's mm-hmm. good to be king. Yeah. <laughs> and he could stay up, uh, I guess, fall asleep whenever he wanted to in that case, oh, sure. right? right. Um, what kind of stuff did was on the king's uh, reading table? I mean, you got your paperwork from the day, mm-hmm. but uh, did they get into, I don't know, what did they, poetry? Um, any, any sort of books they could read, any book, except for one book, though. That book was called a Sacho. Why couldn't they read the Sacho? Sacho is the draft history or daily records of the kings and the court. And this was written by historiographers. Mm. And two historiographers would usually follow the king like a shadow with a book and a pen. Really? They would just uh, record everything. The king has made a mewa. Uh-huh. That kind of thing. Yeah, the number of times he went to the bathroom or um, how much food he had mm. or what kind of conversations he had with his officials and everything. So no one actually was allowed to uh, see this book. Even the king was not allowed. Because they didn't want the king to control it Alter and to the, falsify. Right, right. So probably you've um, heard of this book, uh, Joseon Wangjo Shilok. This is Annals of the Joseon Dynasty, mm. very important sources of history. Um, this, this book covered the uh, reigns of 25 kings from the Tejo, the founder, um, the longest continual records of the single dynasty. And there are a total of 2,077 books. Wow. So Sacho is the the, the resources of this book. That sounds like an intense read. There's a glimpse at the life of a Joseon king. Michelle, this is our last uh, time of the season, but you're going to be back next season. We're going to do pretty much the same conversation every week. Right. A little glimpse of history. I'll see you again soon. Thank you.